The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome everyone to One Hour at a Time with Mary Woods. Of course, this is John McAndrew, your guest host and Today, our guest is Michael Weiner. His new book is called Light Medicine, Evolving Our Body, Our Life, and Our Planet. And I'll just tell you a little bit about Michael. Um, He's a healer and a teacher of the healing arts. That's what we'll talk about today. He's a chiropractic physician, has his undergraduate degree from Dartmouth and his doctorate from Western States Chiropractic College. He's been in clinical practice in Portland, Oregon since the early 80s, and in recent years, Michael has uh, clientele actually all over the United States and all over the world. He travels and, and heals. Uh, he's also the author of Healing the Path to Freedom. That was his last book. If anybody wants to look it up, Michael's website is pretty easy. It's michaelweiner.com. And... Uh, Michael, welcome to One Hour at a Time. We're really thankful that you're here today. Thank you, John. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. We, uh, in reading your book, uh, uh, very practical, very comprehensive, although a lot of people don't think of healing and medicine in, in, in the terms that you're talking about them. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I'd kind of like to know, how did you get to this place of... Uh, chiropractics and healing, and uh, what led you to get into this field? Yeah, um, I mean, really, the seeds of it started really young. I remember really being interested in anatomy, uh, even when I was like eight or nine, looking at pictures of the brain and stuff like that. Uh, But uh, I think really what drove me was just my own... uh, you know, feeling like I didn't fit in, didn't uh, didn't really understand myself, didn't know uh, how the world worked or what was what was really going on, and so I was on a search uh-huh. from a pretty early age. Um, and interestingly, I mean, even in high school, I was tuned into the emotions, and uh, um, you know, seemed like a great way to relate with girls and stuff. So it was, it was a good thing then. And uh, um, but yeah, so I was searching for, I guess, myself and, and for just understanding this world and a lot of things just didn't make sense. And it was, you know, as most people trying to move through this world, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges. But uh, yeah, I was, I, I was in touch with my emotions. They were very confusing. Um, I think in retrospect, I'd say I had probably a mild depression going on. Um, repressed anger probably as well and uh, but but always searching trying to put it together trying to understand things and you know when I went to chiropractic college it was uh, an opportunity to um, really go full bore into researching you know everything about my experience and energy and and emotions and uh, and um, and, and of course the the basic sciences and, and the 
more medically oriented uh, education, which was fabulous and, and essential. Um, but uh, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to get into practice uh, with already, you know, having a, a way to work with all these things. I knew they were integrated. I just didn't know how to work with it in a, in a clinical environment. And so uh, I had my, my big aha moment even before I got to junior clinic in college, in chiropractic college. And I could see how I could work with with the body and the emotions and the mind and really and really see how they were all related. And so immediately, um, right off in clinic, I was already exploring that and, and my director supported that. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's been a, now about 28 years journey with that of, of, uh, of just exploring the relationship and, and learning more and more about it. Uh, and, um, yeah, and just again the details of how emotions work and how they affect our body and how how we interact with other people emotionally and uh, yeah, it's just evolved from there. Mm-hmm. In the book, there uh, you use the terms, and, and the book starts off. You explain the terms that you're going to use, so you give people the vocabulary and how to understand that, and you talk about true self and false self. And I think we've already got the idea that you have experienced this personally um and so a lot of this healing comes in your personal journey for healing but explain to us um this true self which is what we're trying to become uh and we try to heal the false self is that a fair way to put it yeah i think uh you know the the challenge is that uh you know we were born uh we've got a whole bunch of genetic programming uh which ends up being a significant part of what we identify with. And then uh, layered on top of that, we get all our socialization. We got people telling us who we are, what we are. Um, Uh We got all this feedback. And so we begin to develop this self-concept. But, uh, you know, it turns out that that self-concept is pretty far from who we really are under, you know, underneath all that. We're, we're more than our physical body. We're beyond our personality. And, um, and so, yeah, the, the light at the core of our being, um, the true self, is part of that. And um, and so, yeah, we want to um, use our emotional process to. Res- I mean, that's part of the beauty of what you know. What we'll talk about here with the emotional process is just uh, is that it helps to discern what's really genuine. And so, when you relax through a feeling and 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 heal it up. Uh, if it continues, if it persists as you relax through it, then it's real. And if, if it disappears and dissolves, then it wasn't real. And so you get to get a better sense of what what is real and what uh-huh. what's, what's genuine behind your experience there. So that's the true self, the, the genuine part of of you. And and and, and then everybody's got to do a, a a journey to to find that. It's pretty well hidden. We you talk about how we suppress that true self. Um, you know, and a good example of it is the kid that grows up and is, let's say his dad is a surgeon, you know, and uh, we've had a couple people on the show that have talked about this very productive, uh, you know, went really a long way in their field and, you know, had to be the best in their field. And it took them years and years and years before they really, they, people say, I didn't realize this is what, what I you know, I didn't want to do this. I wanted to do this. But it's pretty amazing how far in life we can all go without hearing that true self. And how do we find out who our true self really is? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Million dollar question, right? Well, yeah, but also, I mean, even even there, though, there's still, you know, you're, uh, you know, like, where's the motivation come from? I mean, it, 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 yes, we have this huge influence from our parents and, and the teachers and so forth, but uh, but even after we get underneath that, there often is quite a bit of work to do to, to ascertain what what is beyond that program. I mean, there's a lot of programming in, inside of us that. Uh, it's operational. I mean, we really want to look at motivation. We've got, you know, got two main motivators. We're running away from negative feelings or we're chasing positive feelings. And mm-hmm. you just look around the world and you just see that, you know, a lot of, a lot of feeling chasing going on. We're looking for words. We're looking for care, love, validation. Um, and uh, there are a lot of ways to seemingly get that. It's, it's a completely different step to go inside and start trying to find... Uh, find the source of, of fulfillment or validation inside ourselves. And so, I, yeah, that, that, that inner search that has to be the catalyst for, for moving in the direction of the true self. And you say in your book that we require an emotional healing process because that is the only way to evolve our emotions. And you go into a lot of detail how we have to sit with our emotions. We have to let them go through us. We have to heal them. Mm-hmm. or they don't go away, and then, you know, a lot of your book is about what we do when we don't heal those feelings and how it affects our body. And I think it's just, I think almost everyone can relate to this if we sit down and look at it and kind of listen to what you're telling us in this book. Um, those emotions, I mean, we all know that stress and depression and PTSD, all those things can have physical effects on our body. Um, and I think that we, medicine has tried to kind of get around it by maybe masking the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you contend the only way to truly heal these things is to go through those feelings, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah I think a lot of uh, the healthcare intervention that we experience has to do with adapting to our, our uh, the stimuli. So if uh, if, if there's trauma. Uh, we don't have good mechanisms for moving the trauma out of our body, out of our space. Uh, and so most of the therapy is geared towards um, <clears throat> uh, adapting to its presence. And, um, and that's, you know, that's not healing. We need to really try to get it out of there. Uh, um, you know, if, if we don't get it out of there, we're continually adapting. And then you know, that's, where, you know, that's where we end up with our management tools, whether it's, uh, whether it's chiropractic or supplements or drugs or surgery or whatever. Those are, those are management techniques. They're not truly healing. Um, and so, yeah, we actually have to feel the issues that are there and, uh, and move through them. Uh, to be free of them, um, and yeah, the emotional process. You know, you can't think your way out of an emotion. You can't uh, go exercise your way out of an emotion, except temporarily. You know, you can yeah, you, know, you can change your environment. You can change your physiology temporarily uh, with various foods or activities and lifestyle changes. But yeah, if we're really looking for real, long-lasting change, uh, yeah, we've got to heal it by by actually feeling what's there, and. You know, it's um, it does. There, there are some confusing aspects of it. Uh, probably the biggest issue there is uh, um, is that you know, we're we're brought up in an environment where there's really no energetic boundary. There's everybody's like um, 
their expectations are flying everywhere and we're supposed to absorb their expectations and fulfill the expectations. And there's no concept that, you know, your energy is the only energy that belongs in your space. Um, and so we, yeah, we end up spending a lot of our time trying to fulfill everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we grow up without these energy boundaries. So we're just like, you know, energetically, we're like sieves. We just let everybody in and out of our space. And, uh, um, and so when we're trying to process emotion, uh, it turns out to be a very complicated issue when we're dealing with other people's energy, uh, uh-huh. which, is, which is very, very common. So, uh, you know, if we very easily have other people's energy uh, controlling our lives and, and not necessarily even know it. And then when we begin to process it, it seems like it's really ours. Uh, but uh, I'll give you a small example. I mean, we're, we, we internalize... Uh, parental control and teachers control uh, while we're growing up and without even realizing it we, we were controlling ourselves the way they want us to and uh, we don't realize that uh, you know, it becomes part of our identity and so before we know it we're actually behaving as if the control is our own energy and uh, and we forget that it came from a parent or a teacher. And so when we run that energy, it feels like we're in control. But every time we run that energy, we're actually running somebody else's energy in our space. So from that moment on, we're acting like we're in control, but actually whoever taught us the control is is the one in control of us. Uh, so it's very, very confusing. And that, so the healing process, and we might, after we take a break, I might ask you to kind of start going through that, and then we'll learn how to differentiate from <laughs> our emotions, right, yeah, and this other foreign energy, as you might call it. And, uh, well, you know, when I, we get back from break, I want to ask you to kind of lead us through those five steps of the, of the healing process. And we're talking with Dr. Michael Weiner. His book is Light Medicine. Evolving our body, our life, and our planet. And we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. We've been talking with Dr. Michael Weiner, and we're talking about his book, Light Medicine, Evolving Our Body, Our Life, and Our Planet. And we're kind of getting some of the vocabulary to get familiar with energy and emotions. And uh, let's pick up, uh, Michael, with this emotional healing process. And again, this is always the contention that we have to go through and feel these feelings and these emotions. And uh, I think every listener can relate to unpleasant feelings, uh, uncomfortable feelings uh, at whatever level that um, natural instinct for us to push them away. And the harder we push, the bigger, the heavier they get. The more we try to chase them away, you know, the bigger they get, kind of like the Macy's Day Parade when you get a little helium balloon, and by the time you're done putting the helium in it, it is so huge. And um, so how does this, what are these, the five steps you might explain to us, uh, the process yeah, that you sure. practice? Yeah, um, uh, you know, the first step is, Pretty straightforward. You have to have awareness. If you're not aware of, a, of an issue, there's nothing much you can do about it. And so, you know, this, this process uh, in general is going to be for, you know, again, people who have a certain degree of awareness uh, take a certain degree of responsibility for their uh, for their life. And so, uh, so the awareness is the first step. And then once we have an awareness that there's an issue there, uh, we want to focus on that. And the special part here is to to separate from the trigger. Uh, we, I think, in general, we're we're brought up thinking that um, that the trigger is responsible for our experience, and so we try to uh, control the people around us, control our environment, so we don't get get triggered off. But really, you know, when we're when we get into our healing, we really want to kind of flip that around and. and use the triggers and, and, and sort of uh, take advantage of the opportunities. When something triggers us off, we have an issue, um, and we don't want to blame the trigger. We want to try to separate from that and refocus on whatever feelings are present. And then the actual key to healing is the relaxation process. We actually want to feel whatever it is that's present um, and try to get comfortable with it, try to almost enjoy it if you can. Uh, and uh, and that's what will allow you to kind of move to the level of, of healing and, and to be able to flow through whatever it is you're experiencing. And then you just stay with that relaxation process uh, until the release of, of whatever the issue is. Um, and so it's not that the fifth step is not really an active step. It's, the, it's a byproduct of the fourth step. You stay with relaxation. You stay with it until it's all released and, and you've let go of the issue. I think a lot of people misunderstand letting go, like they, they consciously push it out of their mind or, or, or try to get beyond it uh, uh-huh. without processing. So that's, that's not real letting go. That's, that's kind of a defense, actually. Uh, so let's go becoming aware, and let's just um, maybe tell us two or three of very common issues. You know, and you mentioned in the, in the book, you know, the, the husband doesn't think 
his wife gives him enough attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these very, very common issues with all of us and fears that we have. And so what are some of the common issues that, uh, well, that you deal with and that you help people heal with? Um, just uh, with that example, just as a, as a kind of, you know, an aside, kind of, you know, we, we don't do very well processing our positive feelings either. So we're used to thinking that when we have emotional issues that they're always negative and we need to get through the uh-huh. negative stuff. Uh, but remember, the motivation that most of us have is, again, running away from negative feelings, but we also are chasing these positive feelings. So if somebody feels, you know, that their significant other has been unattentive or... Uh, uh, invisible or whatever, and they're feeling left out. Sure, we got to go through feeling left out. We got to go through feeling unimportant. But we also want to go the other direction. Like, what feelings am I looking for? And and uh, and again, even with with like positive experiences, to uh, to try to extract the positive feeling and to relax through that and heal the positive feelings. We we don't do very well with the positives either. And so, as if we don't heal the positives, then we're going to keep chasing around out in the world. Once we relax into them and through them, and we begin to feel them flowing through us, uh, <clears throat> then that changes our motivation. We don't need to seek them any further in the in the world. Um, and uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, common common issues. Uh, I would say the number one issue, probably of all time, is feeling uncared for. Uh, you know, we all have tons of needs and wants growing up. Uh, probably every second of the day, growing up, there's something and. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter how attentive our parents are, even if they're super attentive, uh, they're not going to even notice most of the things we need or want. And uh, uh, and then, of course, lots of people grow up in, in environments where where very few of the needs are responded to. And uh, um, and so, you know, when somebody uh, responds to a need, we feel cared for, we feel worth. And when somebody doesn't respond, it's very you know the the need's still there, and we feel uncared for, and maybe go into feeling worthless. Um, and so, yeah, those are probably the two biggest feelings, uncared for and worthless, that people need to heal. Um, and then going the other direction is to generate the feelings of care and worth and actually find them inside our own energy, uh, to stop seeking them out in the world and to find them inside ourselves so we can express them through our body, through our life. And that's in the true self that you talk about, right? Yeah, um, the true self is is a, is is the genuine part is one of the of the parts of our genuine energy. The light being kind of a bigger concept of, of what's really at the core of our being. Um, and the true self are sort of the elements of our light that we're working with in this lifetime to evolve. Uh, um, so you know, it's more focused. It, it's. Uh, it's, uh, we don't have a, you know, the true self is also slightly separate from the light so that we can experience those elements. If, if we experience the wholeness, we don't experience, we don't get to experience the parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you really have security at the core of your energy, um, you know, you sort of, if we really want to evolve security fully, we need to experience the full range of issues around that, which includes insecurity. And so to fully evolve, we actually have to sort of, feel a little bit separate from that deeper security, experience the insecurity, heal that all up, and then reconnect with the deeper level of security that's at the core of our energy. When you talk about the process, then, of course, we have to go back. You talked about what is your motivation and what is your intention and, you know, basically, why do we do this? And Mm -hmm. the answer to that is the effects on our body, on our um, psyche, on everything 
the effects of our emotions, and I, I know you have the effects of a few other things here, but I think it might be good to talk about this. And I, you know, I for one, and I know many other people listening, know what this feels like when we hold these things in and don't process them. What they do to our bodies is really incredible, isn't it? And I'm, I'm sure through chiropractics, this is the thing, kind of your aha moment when you realize, man, all this stuff is tied together. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That I mean, that was the thing that uh, you know I, I would watch everybody you know say work on people's spines, and then uh, uh, and, and you know there wasn't. I didn't see the reasoning. I was like, okay, so this joint's not moving. Okay, we've got this yeah. symptom. We got that symptom. It's like it didn't make enough sense to me. And, and then yeah, to be able to see the energy and see like, oh, you know, um, yeah, this person's got fear here, and and that fear is being held in these muscles, so they're they're extra tight, and um, and then that's affecting the spine, and and it's affecting the blood pressure, it's affecting. Uh, uh, stress level and sleep and so forth, and you just you know to be able to yeah start connecting the the emotional patterns with the physical and physiological patterns, and uh, then that made a whole lot more sense. And the same thing with uh, you know just physiology in general. I mean, for instance, like blood pressure, it's really easy to see how you know uh, perfectionism or pressure to perform or or just the expectations from other people that you have to fulfill uh, that that would that would create this internal pressure. And uh, it's a pretty good metaphor, actually, that blood pressure is just, yeah, pressure we put on ourselves and, and that we've absorbed from other people. And um, and so, yeah, the emotions are having a very profound effect on our physiological function. You describe some pretty profound experiences in here, and this is when the book gets kind of meaty and pretty interesting because you talk about people that have, I mean, uh, you know, all of us know about taking medicine for cholesterol and high blood pressure and all these various things. You talk about doing some healing exercises with people and seeing these conditions uh, almost immediately disappear. I mean, medically and uh, how would you describe that? I know there's some incidents in the book that are pretty cool. I think it's worth reading the book just for that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there have been there have been some dramatic healings for sure. Um, and uh, at the same time, I say that, of course, is you know, that some of them have been dramatic and easy. Some of you know, there are lots of our situations that take many, many years, and there's lots and lots of layers, and um, and that can be challenging. Uh, but uh, yeah, there. Uh, I just talked with uh, yeah one of the women I wrote about in the book uh, had rheumatoid arthritis. I just talked to her the other day, and. Uh, um, and yeah, we we found all this anger in her joints, and we helped her get that out. And then uh, also, again, yeah, the, the uh, also the, the need to fulfill other people's expectations, and, and the anger that she had about that was manifesting in her in her hands and in her fingers. And that is uh, yeah, dramatically different. And, and yeah, they completely reversed the damage in her joints. Interestingly enough, uh, that had been visible on X-ray. Uh, taken at John Hopkins University, so uh, uh, the before and after X-rays are available. Um, and then, yeah, there's certain cases like you know a lot of surprisingly large amount of disease. In my opinion, is 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 because we let other people's energy into our space and we don't know how to get rid of it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's you know it's it, that that's another thing that makes it really complicated. I think in the medical world is just even having that concept of how to deal with other people's energy. 
Um, and if we can't do that, then we, we have to come up with management tools. But, yeah, there have been um, yeah, cases of cancer that have dramatically cleared. And uh, You know, and this sounds like um, very similar to you telling these people, you have the power within you to heal this. So going through your process, let's become aware of what it is. So wherever her anger was coming from in particular mm-hmm. and the pressures and all that. So do you guide them through that healing, pro- that healing process? Do you do that with them? Or uh, do they do that by themselves? Um, there's two kinds of work that I do. I, I do work in person and I do uh, long-distance work over the phone. And uh, um, sometimes I guide people through their feelings. Uh, a lot of times I just, I just read the energy and, and have people sort of work with me and I, I'm assisting them in moving the energy out of their space. Um, um, I have a very able assistant, uh, Betty, who is uh, superb at teaching people the process and uh, she's, she's more in the realm of guiding people and I'm more in the realm of doing it. I sort of... I'm. Uh, <laughs> I like. I like doing the work. <laughs> so, and you uh, guide you guide them through this emotional process, and then you're able to, with your chiropractic background, kind of g- get the toxics out and get their bodies working, and literally get this out of our system. And when we come back from break, we've been talking to Dr. Michael Weiner, and uh, I think we'll get into this next section about this foreign energy and its effects because it's really an amazing uh, topic and, and you bring a lot of experience to it. So we'll be back with Michael in just a minute. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking to Dr. Michael Weiner, who's a, a healer and a teacher of the healing arts and also a chiropractic practitioner. And we've been talking about some fantastic stuff. And before I go any farther, I want to let you know that his new book, Light Medicine, is available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, also, you can go to his website, michaelweiner.com, spelled M I C H. A-E-L-W-I-N-E-R.com. And in our last segment, Michael mentioned uh, that he does phone consulting. And uh, if anyone is interested in that, his number to call about that is, if you've got your pens ready, 503-233-1304. Again, that's 503-233-1304. Zero four, um, Michael. We talked in break uh, about our next topic and uh, about foreign energy, and it's something that sounds kind of uh, what in the heck is that at first, and then once we get into the pra- get it out of the bag and unwrap it, we see what a really common thing this is with all of us. And I know personally, I've been carrying other people's emotions all my life, and I just thought that was the way to do business. And if you sit long enough and don't medicate or do anything to push these things away, you start to go, you know, where is all this coming from? And your book was just really eye-opening for me when it came to this topic. So how did you come on to this, uh, the term and the subject of foreign energy? Uh, out of necessity, it just uh, it took me years actually to figure this out. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, I remember I broke up with a girlfriend in the early '80s, and I was you know in pain for years, and, and really eight years. And then I crossed paths with, and I realized like, oh, this wasn't my pain, and I thought it was mine because I was feeling it all the time. I and mean, people who are sensitive, you know, we feel stuff all the time, and you feel stuff all the time. And it's very easy to assume that uh, you're feeling your own stuff, and. Uh, uh, and you know, I, I would keep processing all the emotion I could uh, as I was developing my techniques, and I was just keep kept working it and working it. And I would just keep trying to go through everything, and uh, and sort of finally, out of uh, kind of exasperation, I was just like, maybe this isn't mine, and maybe I can't go through it. And and then, of course, everything changed with that realization. And and then since then, uh, realizing in some ways how little of what it is I've been experiencing was, has been actually mine. Uh, it's kind of, kind of shocking in a way. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can just imagine we're, you know, we're immersed in everybody else's energy from, from being in the womb on. And, um, you don't even realize how much, how much stuff we're feeling and how much stuff we're picking up on. And, uh, and then, yeah, once it gets into our own energy field and into our body, our body reacts to it as if it really is our own energy. And so our body starts adapting to everybody else. And, uh, and before you know it, you got, you're living out everybody else's stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty complicated, actually. 
you talk you talk in the book about you know husband and wife, and one of the partners is suffering from depression, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you say really the one we should be treating is the other person, not the one that's been diagnosed, because you both have been suffering from yep. the emotional effects of this, uh, whatever you call it, you know. Uh, it's a feel, well, according to you, it's it's an emotion and a feeling that's down inside one of the people. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in the field uh, used to call that codependency, didn't they? Uh, I don't know what the clinical terminology would be. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, again, it's just a practical approach here. Uh, you know, just to back up for a second, I, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting in my, in my work is I've realized that the nervous system works a little differently than we've been taught to think it does. And, uh, and the nerves are not, you know, like we have internal and external you know, perception. We got, you know, we got sensory nerves uh, picking up information from organs from from outside ourselves, and and I've realized that the the nerves inside our body are not just dealing with the physical and physiological function. They're picking up on all the energy that's coming our way, and so our body's like this huge sensory system, and like the heart, uh, your heart feels probably everybody you interact with and that's uh, probably part of what people enjoy about you connecting with you through the heart and uh, um, uh, but then you feel everybody and you're feeling and all of their emotions and everything is, is they're coming through your nervous system and, and, and so it's not hard to imagine how it would be very easy to you know pick up on other people's uh, negative experiences or blocked emotions and uh, and then feel them inside you and then as soon as they're in you, you there's no process you can do with them to heal them yourself uh, and so then they sit there, and it's very easy for that to cause depression. So, yeah, in my opinion, uh, depression is almost always, like, heart-related. And because, you know, it's usually with sensitive people who are picking up on other people's stuff, can't separate from it. And then, uh, you know, before you know it, the energy's stuck in your space, and you just can't go anywhere with it. So how do we, how do we figure out, and I'm, this is a layman asking, you know, how do I figure out which is mine in which is everybody else's. It gets confusing, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the actual, I mean, to actually discern it, it's not that difficult. Uh, I mean, it's, it's practical. You just, you do the emotional process on every part of your experience. And if you're trying to relax through an emotion and you can't get through it, then there's a pretty good bet that it's somebody else's feeling. And so you, you just have to tune into yourself and go, am I really relaxing? Am I really trying to feel it? And in general, if it's not your feeling and you're trying to relax into it, it actually gets a little heavier and a little more stuck. So then, you know, once you have that, um, when, once you learn that, or recognize that, that kind of condition, then you can go like, okay, this is not my issue. And then we have to go, you know, in a different direction to do the healing work there, which we can talk about in a second. But, yeah, just a reminder is that it's, it's, it's never going to, the trigger is never the problem. I mean, yes, you know, there's... Doesn't you know if if somebody you're you're living with has issues, um, you know, and you get them to shut down and not express their issues or whatever, that doesn't change your triggers. You know, you go then you go to work or you go meet somebody else, and and you, you just can get triggered off by somebody else. So so we don't want to uh-huh. be blaming the trigger. We want to take responsibility and go. If something gets in my space, I have an issue going on. Uh, we, other people's energy does not get into our space unless. Uh, unless we have a way to let it in, and so that's that's where we then redirect our, our healing focus um, to figure out how we engage with other people's energy, and 
and there's there's three main ways we engage with other people. Uh, one is we're maybe opening. It's how how do we open to other people? Is basically the question. Uh, do we open to other people to get some feeling, and you know maybe we're looking for a feeling of acceptance or belonging or worth. Um, and so if we open to somebody, we're going to pull their energy into our space, and um, and so we you know we have to heal heal that up, and we can come back. And so so in that case, what you would do is is if you're looking for a feeling of worth or a feeling of care from somebody else, then you would try to generate that vibration yourself and, and get that flowing through you, and then you don't need to go around in the world looking for worth or care from other people, and so you won't open that way. Um, the second main way that we open to other people is trying to get away from a negative feeling. So if we're feeling like lonely and we want to get away from that feeling, we might call somebody on the phone, but the the avenue of connection, the avenue of engagement with the other person is, is basically through that, trying to avoid the alone, aloneness. So in that case, what we have to do, of course, is relax through our feeling of aloneness to heal that up. And then the third way is kind of, the, kind of a complicated way. Uh, it's the trickiest uh, one to identify, and that is just through some quality of our personality. And so it makes it difficult to, you know, to identify because you're like, I was just being myself. Uh, what's wrong here? Why, why am I now all upset about, you know, my interaction with this person? Um, I was just being myself. And, and so it's, it's, that, that's challenging to actually identify what part of your personality engaged. And then the bottom line here is that um, if, if some part of your, you know, there's nothing wrong with engaging with people and, and, uh, and even having other people's energy in your space and stuff as long as it's feeling good, you know, and you that's not necessarily a problem. You know, you know, it, you know when it's not feeling good, now you know you've got a problem and you've got to deal with it. Um, and so, you know, if you've got a quality of your personality and you're, and you're like, I'm just being myself, uh, but you've got some other energy or some interaction that's not feeling good, then you know that that, that quality is not really functional enough. And... Um, and so then what you have to do is just feel, you know, yes, it's tricky to identify what that is, but if you can identify it, then, uh, then to actually just feel how you live that way. And to, as, you, as you relax into that feeling, uh, it will it'll heal that up and create a higher vibration of that quality and it will be more functional. So, for instance, devotion is, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember one time, you know, I was feeling beaten up in the situation and uh and i was like how am i engaging with this person well this, it was through my devotion and, and my definition of devotion meant that i had to take whatever the other person put out right and so i was like well i don't like getting beat up so i think i'm going to change that um and so you know i'd relax through my feeling of devotion until it was flowing through me and and then it changed the nature of that interaction and i no longer um had to feel bad about it <laughs> so um so you yeah. describe so in the book, you know, medication or meditation. Uh, you describe some other things and approaches to, um, you know, integrative health care and how, you know, some of these thoughts, uh, you know, you have a completely di- a different vision of what health care uh, could look like. And, and we all know, I mean, we either ourselves or know of somebody that has used medication uh, to help some of the symptoms of our issues, you know. Trauma is a big key word in, in the, uh, you know, in the health care field and deal, dealing with your trauma. And, you know, I, 
all of us have grown up with, with sayings like, well, you know, get over it. <laughs> uh, you know, work through your stuff, all these things. And, and when we come back in our next section, I, I want to talk to you about, there's so much in your book, but I want to ask you about some of your thoughts on the future of healthcare and how, I mean, ideally, we all have the power and the ability to heal ourselves and basically this whole planet of disease and uh, and illness. And uh, it's a really hopeful vision. And so we come back, we'll talk about that. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Do you or someone you love struggle with Alzheimer's disease or some other disorder? Many times, there is not an adequate support forum where you can learn from and discuss topics from top guest experts. Tune in to NeuroMatters, The Brink of Alzheimer's with Dr. Sam Brinkman. Although thought of as a disease that affects only older individuals, increasingly, symptoms are being found in people who are in their 40s and 50s. Get the answers. NeuroMatters airs live Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everybody. This is John McAndrew, and uh, I'm the guest host today, of course. And we've been talking today to Dr. Michael Weiner, and I want to let you know uh, he's also the author of Healing the Path to Freedom. And you can find out more information about Michael and his work uh, at michaelweiner.com, and I'll spell it for those that are spelling impaired. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-I-N-E-R dot com. Also, uh, his new book, um, 
light medicine is available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So please run out and check that out. And as we discussed before, Michael does consulting over the phone, and the number for that is uh, his assistant will help you with any questions. It's five zero three two three three one three zero four. And uh, so, Michael, we kind of left off with this foreign energy concept, and uh, there's a chapter in your book called Medicine or Meditation, and it kind of leads into the, some other parts of the rest of your book where you, you talk about the future of healthcare and, and, and how to heal this planet, and uh, maybe we can just start with some thoughts on you know, the role medicine and medication plays in the healing process in our culture that we've learned, you know, that most of us have learned, you know, up until now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, if we step back a little bit, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be an important role for uh, management uh, in conjunction with the, uh, the actual healing. I would love to see the healing part become the central feature and sort of the, you know, then we organize everything around the healing piece because that's going to create true resolution. It's going to empower people to take charge of their life. you know, but how we, you know, when and how we apply these tools, uh, you know, it'd be uh, dependent on a couple of things. I mean, it really depends on the awareness of the person. Uh, if people aren't aware of their emotions, then it has to start with uh, educating people about about that facet of their experience. And, you know, again, um, uh, it just sort of depends a little bit on uh on awareness, on responsibility that people want to take for their uh, experience, uh, their, uh, but but you know like you know, there's, there's often going to be hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of issues going on, and, and we're not probably going to be able to heal them all today. And so there, you know we're going to have to manage those mm-hmm. things, whether it's taking supplements or medications or, or whatever. It's, it's all useful, uh, but I would say again in general, you know, when people have more aware, I mean, we we need to start teaching like emotional process to kids. Uh, and and that way, you know, they they become they can take charge of their life at an earlier age. They can be independent of of their peers and not get swept up into the group consciousness and uh, and think for themselves. Um, uh, it just make them healthier, help them separate better from other people's energy, which would be better for everybody. Uh, uh, but then, yeah, again, it, you know, there's definitely a place for medication and for other, you know, management uh, approaches. Uh, there's just so much going on in such a complicated arena. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to see healing be like the centerpiece uh, and that we teach people how to go through their experience and how to actually heal up their issues. Uh, that would, you know, again, help everybody take responsibility for themselves, be a healthier population, uh, Less of a financial burden, healthcare costs would probably come down. You know, it would, it would help everything. Um, but yeah, when we're looking at medications, you know, it's just it's rare that a medication is going to actually help the actual healing process. It's not going to help you go through right. an issue. It's going to help you cope with having issues present. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good intermediate step. Uh, can help people feel a lot more comfortable and be somewhat functional. You know, while things are still present, but we still have to heal it up to help people become totally functional. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't have any problem with medication. It's just it's never going to be a long-term solution. It's not going to. The issues are still there, 
right. complicated. I mean, that's the other thing is that it's not like you know. Some, yeah, some people do heal like like almost instantly, and some people take you know quite a long time. And uh, uh, and so yeah, in the meantime, yeah, we're definitely going to need management techniques. Mm-hmm. So you you know after. You you explain that pretty well in the book, and I think that's a you know obviously a balanced approach. And um, Dr. Bob Drake from Westbridge, who's been on this program, uh, has talked about how uh, the exactly what you said: the, the pill will not cure anything, but it will assist in the symptoms. So you know, get the symptoms down to a level where we can start this process. You know? And I think that's very similar to what you're talking about. And, you know, you cover, you start to talk about light and about music um, as a part of the healing process. And, and uh, I think it's very, very interesting. And I don't think it's that, uh, this is sort of the area that some people have trouble understanding. But, you know, with neuroscience being such a big part of the conversation these days, they're going back to some basic things in our brain that our brain first learned sound and light, you know, before we learned language. And uh, so tell me some more about, well, the music I'm always interested in and, and the light and colors. And you also incorporate the chakras, which is, you know, a part of energy and healing as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I, uh, I I actually have yeah special light machines that I've created to uh, to work with different frequencies of light. Our body definitely light is the most basic nutrient, the most basic building block of our body, and uh, and so uh, yeah, it's very uh, it's fun to actually uh, stimulate uh, using light, and um, uh, and that activates issues. We're not we don't want to think about light or sound as a nutrient per se. It's not like you pop a vitamin pill, you pop some red light. It's like, uh, uh, it's a stimulus. And it turns out that we don't metabolize light particularly well. Uh, uh, and it's in energetic and emotional issues that impair the metabolism of light. And so uh, if you have an appropriate frequency, uh, you can activate all kinds of issues, and and uh, and it's a, you know an amazing tool for uh, yeah, activating emotional issues and energetic issues, and then um, and then you know if, if you're doing it yourself, you can tune into that and, and use the process to move through what gets activated. And if I'm I'm working with somebody, then yeah, I, uh, you know, like for instance, I'm working on the heart. Uh, the two main colors that uh, nurture the heart are, are the orange and the blue green, and you can see how how the heart is absorbing or not absorbing those those frequencies and then whether it's using them and metabolizing effectively and and then ultimately again to teach people how to nurture their heart from within. See the whole idea here is to actually flip this thing around. Instead of running around the world looking for our fulfillment and looking for validation out in the world, we can if we find it inside, we connect with the light within ourselves. We bring our light through our body and express it in the world. Now we're expressing our fulfillment. We're expressing our validation. We're no longer searching for it. And that's, that's the coolest part about this is, is, is realizing that potential that's there uh, to have a completely different experience in our body. Our body then becomes an expression of light. But we have to teach, teach our body how to do that. And, um, and so, yeah, you can use light to stimulate some of the issues and to heal those up. 
And then also the heart, of course, creates the usual output that we, you know, we used to we always talk about the metaphors related to the heart of like, um, you know, courage and wisdom and love and joy, uh, devotion, understanding, compassion. But those are those that can be developed a whole lot higher level. And again, bring that through from our light. And, and it's, it's really phenomenal to see what can happen when the when we begin to to you know to achieve the potential that's that's sitting right there. And uh, you know, sound it fits into the same same arena where it's a, a wonderful. We've been, we've been talking to Dr. Michael Weiner, and I and you're going to talk about the sound and the uh, also and, and the light. And if you're interested in learning more, please check out his website. And of course, you can call five zero three two three three one three zero four to get a consultation. And uh, Michael, uh, we at Westbridge are so grateful you were on the show today. And uh, Please look for Michael's book. It's called Light Medicine. And thank you for being on our show. Thanks, John. Real pleasure. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.